0: Every Sunday, we gather to make much of Jesus through the preaching of God's word, worship, and fellowship together. We would love for you to come join us. We have two services, one at 830 and one at 11, and Bible study for all ages at 945. We hope you will grow in your affection for Jesus with today's message. Thanks for listening. In the opening video this morning, uh, you saw a missionary featured from South Asia just so happens that I went to school with that guy. Uh, uh, When I was pursuing my PhD, he was in uh, one of my PhD seminars. Uh, He was a missions major uh, with a New Testament minor. I was a New Testament major with a missions minor. Well, this guy was um, pursuing his PhD in missions, and he was in a a New Testament seminar with me uh, in, in the book of Romans. And of all the guys, of all the papers that were written, it was the guy in missions who wrote the best paper uh, in Romans. What I'm getting at is this guy on the video is, is a brilliant man. His voice may betray him as sounding like a country bumpkin, but uh, he is passionate. He is passionate about the gospel and the people that he's trying to reach. One of the phrases that he said in that video is the, the work is hard. Well, we've been trying to, to reach the, the, the Sega now for seven years. God put them on this church's heart. We've been praying for them. We've been pursuing them. And we see progress, but the work is hard. In in July of 2019, we were able to send a team to South Asia. Uh, myself and Justin Gotachek and Rhonda Martindale got to go to receive some training from the IMB in South Asia. Uh, Today, uh, you will get to hear from uh, one of the missionaries who led that training. Uh, he will be our speaker today. His name is Alex Traverston. And in just a moment, he will uh, come and share with us what what God is doing uh, in his part of the world. And so let's pray. And, uh, and then Alex will come on up. Lord, we love you so much. Because you are God. you have incredible plans you've made incredible prophetic statements that the nations will be in heaven that every every voice in heaven will be from from one of these people groups that that are all over our world that the thousands upon thousands of groups we thank you that you make that statement because you made it. We know it's going to be true. And so, Lord, we just we trust you with that. So for right now, Lord, in this moment, in this worship service, as as we hear from you, I pray that you would prick our hearts and our souls and our minds and our compassion for the lost. And for those who so desperately need you. Uh, please bless Alex now as he presents and as he shares from from you, from your word. Um, And what you're doing. We love you so much. It's in the name of jesus. We pray. Amen
1: Good morning I do have the privilege with my wife and our three children of being your sent ones also to south asia but I am a texas boy. I grew up in texas and uh, texas still feels a good bit like home and um You would understand this, so I can tell you this. I can't tell all the churches, but um, the place where we live in South Asia is actually a pretty prideful people. They think their food is the best, their culture is the best, their sports teams are the best, and the way they talk is the best, better than anywhere else in the rest of their nation. And I said, that's a bit like where I'm from. That's how we feel. You know, so God sent me to a place where I could identify uh well with. This morning, uh Jason just spoke of the video that you saw. I know the man in that video very well. He's a he's a team member right along uh, side of us and uh, a fantastic man. But you know, as wonderful as his paper was on Romans, or his passion for the gospel, or his faithfulness to the task God's called him, in that we do not put our hope. We put our hope in the work of Christ, in the power of the gospel, in that God cannot lie and his plans cannot fail. I want to read to you one more time that statement that he, you know, Jason was just saying, comes right out of the word about... The multitude that will know Jesus Christ. And this is it. John saw in the book of Revelation. After this I looked and behold there before me was a great multitude. Huge that no one could number. From where? From every nation. From all tribes, peoples, languages. Where were they? Standing before the throne, before the Lamb. Who's that lamb? The one who was slain for us. And they were clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they were crying out with a loud voice, just what we've been doing this morning. Man, salvation belongs to our God. Who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And they go on and on praising him. Which we've gotten to be able to do this morning, right? We praise Jesus. He saved us. I mean... If you knew me at 21 years old, and I'm 20 years and more past that now, you wouldn't believe the transformation that happened in my life. Christ has the power, it says, even in the song that we sang this morning, born to give them second birth. That's what I needed, and that's what the Lord gave. None of us in here are born Christians In fact, one of the things that separates our beliefs from those around the world is you cannot be born into it. No matter if your father's Billy Graham, you're not a Christian when you're born to his family. You must be born again into a living hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is that God did what we could not do. He came on earth and was tempted in every way and lived a perfect and holy life. And he died a death that you and I deserved. Volunteered his life out of love for you and for me. It never gets old news. It's not old news. It's good news. Right? And if we place our faith in him, he actually transforms us. He gives us second birth. He begins to transform us into the image of his son. Not only that, but he gives us More of an abundant life and a peace that the world does not know. A joy and a hopeful expectation that all the things we realize in the world that are wrong will be made right. Amen? And as great as Texas is, it's nothing of where our inheritance truly is, right? Our heavenly home. It is pretty good, but it's not anything like what awaits us. He is born to give second birth, and there's a slide, that uh, little slideshow I have here, and I want to show you a picture of uh, a famous river uh, where people in our country go to receive cleansing, to offer themselves, to be purged, to hopefully receive forgiveness, and that slide will come there up on your screen, and you can see these people. Look at the throngs of them. You remember that vast multitude? There they are. One of the amazing things about the area where we live, in fact, the country where I serve and a family from your church serves is, is that in that country, well, one in every five people on planet earth lives in that country. One in every five people on planet earth lives in the country where we serve. And you see that picture on the screen and you just see the myriads of people. You can leave it up there if you want. And there they go. Desiring with all their heart to to be right with God, to maybe receive his cleansing and forgiveness. And what we carry is the good news that actually what you were unable to do, God made a way for you. If we could go back to that slide and the next one, I just want to tell you a little bit more of the reality. We have the promises of God in the scripture. We just read it, but there's also a current reality. And if you see there, you'll see a picture of South Asia on the next slide. And it tells you the amount of unreached people groups. That's a video we can't show. So one more there. 1.7 billion people live in South Asia. And I hope this will help you to understand what population growth is like that number will go from 1.7 to 2 billion people by the year 2028 now if you're doing your math right that means we'll add basically the population of the united states in the next eight years think about that for a moment it is mind boggling And not only is it just so many people, but as the next slide began to show there, the unreached people groups number nearly 2,000. Still many of those we would call unengaged. We don't know the single believer among them or anyone who's trying to reach them. In fact, thank you. Um, to this church for being willing to say, yeah, though we live in Texas and we do our ministry here, we also want to be a part of what all of history is moving towards. You know you're doing that, right? All of history is moving towards the end to which I just read in Revelation. And God will not fail in fulfilling this. We get the privilege of participating in it. And this church has participated in one of those groups in that area hearing the gospel for the first time. Some of the people from your church body have been able to go into the homes in the villages for some of those people with some national brothers and sisters and share that good news for the first time. Praise God. Are you glad for that? In that, do you rejoice? That's you cooperatively together. But did you know the area where you guys have gone before? There's still 90 unengaged, unreached people groups still 90 more just in that language belt, that one couple of states together that share the same language because there's so many languages there. There's still 90 that are unengaged, unreached. Now, God says that he's not slow in keeping his promises, but he's not returned because he's patient for those that are in the world. And make no mistake, COVID or not, he is accomplishing his vision in this place. In fact, I just want to encourage you that in an area where I worked, there was uh, 220 baptisms in the first two months of this year. We were super excited about what was going to happen. And then COVID hit and we went into the strictest lockdown the world knows. And at the end of that lockdown, the end of 100 days, I didn't expect to hear many reports. And do you know what happened? The ministers, the the leaders could not have any mobility in their villages, but the lay disciples, just like you, lay ordinary believers who were doing the will of God among their families and among their villages there, saw 354 people baptized in the tightest lockdown the world's known. They never went to a church building. They didn't get to dunk them up there, but they found some water. Uh, You know, God can use the circumstances in the world to accomplish his purposes in ways that's hard for us to understand. In a similar part, I just got to tell you these stories. You need to hear the stories of what God's doing through your giving. Through your giving this year, uh, one of our team leaders met with a pastor early this year and he said and he actually admitted that he hated Muslim people around him. He Comes from a Hindu background. He's a Christian. Carries some baggage there and he didn't think any of them would believe. And would you know that during this COVID-19, one of his lay disciples met a Muslim man who was a leader in his village, well-known Muslim man, and he actually told him that his wife had been demon-possessed for the last 20 years. They had tried everything, gone everywhere, and not received any hope. So the lay believer in faith said, well, could some people from our church come and pray for you? We said, sure, when you're at that place of desperation. They came, they prayed over this woman, they walked out, nothing seemed miraculous in the moment, but 48 hours later, they got a call from that Muslim man and said, my wife's been in her right mind for 24 hours. She's up, she's walking around, she's cooking, she's doing everything with us, we, we just can't believe it. What did you do? What happened? We said, we told you. We prayed in Jesus' name. And that pastor of that church who was led along by his lay uh, disciples went back there. They preached the gospel. The guy had gathered 26 people of his family members. Now, that's not something you're supposed to do during COVID. But when is that good a news, you got to hear. And they all professed faith in Christ. The head of the household and the whole household. 26 new believers from a Muslim background. God is doing great things. And when you give to this offering that you're giving to in this season and to your regular global missions offering, you are investing in something that is worthy of our investment in these last days. You know, in the last days in Matthew 24, 25, Jesus said that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all peoples and the end will come. He also said for us to be alert and to be at work and to invest our gifts and our resources, our prayers, our time. You are investing in what matters, what all of history is moving towards and it will be fulfilled. I don't think there's a greater thing on earth to be investing in. So with joy, I hope that you will give knowing like the Lord is using our resources to make a tremendous impact in the world. We can go on to the next slide. Every week in South Asia, 237,000 people die without Christ. And I know that's just a number with some dots on the screen, but here's what I tell you. We're no better than you. We're nothing special. We're just ordinary people surrendered to Jesus. And if you came over like Jason has and walked with me along the streets, sharing the gospel with people and seeing the Hindu temple and the Muslim, you know, mosque and the Jain temple and all the people there, the lostness is just kind of it's just overwhelming. It hits you in the face, slaps you right in the face. And you can't help but, if the Spirit of God is at work in your life, if you're abiding in Christ at all, your spirit is provoked to say, this is just not right. we got to tell people, the songs that we sing on Sunday, they're true. He is the one and only God. He is the Savior. And if we sing those songs on Sunday, we we also got to tell the people out there who are not in here, That he came for them too. Right? Isn't it? I don't know the people where you have influence in the world. But I can't tell them. You can. Next slide. You know. um, I just want to show you something real quickly. At the top line you see a big long blue line. Do you see that at the top? That's India. That represents the number of basically the least reached peoples on earth. So comparatively in India and South Asia is the next one together. If you combine those, more than half the world, about 70% of the least reached peoples on earth live in South Asia. It is the greatest concentration of lostness on earth. The next slide will show you a little bit more about the distribution of those people groups and it shows it you see how America over there to the left is so small? It's like, where did it go? It's just like these tiny lines. Well, that's because the amount of least reached people groups in this part of the world is very little. And so what this graph is showing is, is it's blowing up Asia, South Asia, because it shows you that's where the majority of those people groups are. It's trying to show you a different kind of uh, picture in your mind. Now to the next slide. This one shows the distribution of cross-cultural workers. So where are the workers in relation to, if we were to put that in relation to size. So America's back again and South America and Africa even. But you see Asia, Asia just shrunk. So we have these two things going on. We've got the greatest concentration of lostness on earth, but the greatest disparity in sending. Meaning, among the world's least reached peoples, we have the least amount of workers sent. You understand? That's why it's so important that you've commissioned a family to go live there full time, that you guys take short-term trips there. You're investing in the greatest concentration of losses on earth. Thank you. Thank you. Come back. Come more. Tell other churches that you have influence to come to pray for these peoples. Next slide. This is just shows you the relative need of cross-cultural workers among the least reached peoples. And as you can see, that South, Southern Asia and Central Asia part have just blown up. And comparatively in North Africa, North America and South America, it's very little. That doesn't mean that the lost people next to you are without meaning. Not at all. But what it means is you are here. You can share. Uh. I did a little research and I I just I think it's my privilege to get to tell you these things is that there's a church in the area where I live up in Dallas that has 217 paid staff members for 11000 people in attendance on a Sunday. It's not wrong. I'm glad they have the resources. I'm sure there's good needs and they're doing great ministry. But to put it into a little bit perspective. The IMB, with partnering organizations, seconded or joining us, so they're not even all fully funded from the IMB. We have 199 workers, full-time workers, for 1.7 billion people. So you can just get a little bit of the perspective. Next uh, there, the slide shows you a, a picture of kind of the area where we live and where um, you, as a church, have gone that South India part where you've gone and been a part of saying, "God, here we are; we're your servants." Towards this end, and then the next slide shows a scripture that I love so much, and it backs up. Not I read to you Revelation seven, but if you back up in Revelation chapter five, verse nine actually says, "And they sang a new song, saying." Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransom or purchased people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So later, a couple chapters later, we see all these people from these different tribes and tongues and languages worshiping the Lord And the Lamb, who is their Savior. But here it backs up and tells us a little bit more about how. It's because they were purchased by His blood. Nothing that they could do on their own made them worthy. They were bought with a price. You and I. That's us. We are not our own. We belong to God. Without His sacrifice, without His work, we would have no hope. But not only that, not only are we saved, not only can we praise God. The next slide shows us something that he also purchased us for. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. First, Peter says it a different way to all the people and believers who were scattered among all these places. He said, you are a holy nation chosen by God, a people for his own possession that he purchased. You are his royal priests that you might proclaim the excellencies of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. While you have breath on earth in the small window that you have, you are the Lord's priests. Remember who it was that led those people to faith and got them baptized in those villages? It wasn't the leaders. It was everyday, ordinary priests doing the will of God. And if this country is going to see a revival, and if the country where I live is going to see the unreached people's reach, it's going to be because ordinary, everyday believers worship him and proclaim him and say, this is my identity. So I want to encourage you today. And maybe you're feeling a little bit of conviction. And you know, the amazing thing about God's conviction is, is it's not for condemnation. There is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. But he brings conviction so that you'll live in the joy of what He has created you for. Part of your identity is not that you're Texans or that you're Christians. It's also that you are God's servants. You get to be his priests. Wherever you work and among your family members and on those sports teams and in those clubs that you're a part of. Wherever God has you and wherever he may send you. You are his priests. I think there's a final slide there maybe next and go you can go on to the next one i'll keep going sorry and this is a picture of um, south asia where probably about a few hundred thousand people were gathering in the streets praying to allah hoping that he would hear their prayers And just to bring this home about being purchased by your blood, did you know that the Muslim people that you prayed for today that were on the video, um, they have to pray five times a day. It's one of the procedures to which they hope to get the grace of God. If they don't do a, a ritual washing before they enter into the prayer, their prayers will not be heard. They cannot be accepted. Why? Because they believe when they go into worship, they're going into worship this holy God, and he's pure and they're not, and if they don't cleanse themselves, then he they can't even be in his presence. The troubling reality is, is that, sure, we can wash the outside pretty good, I can get all that off, but what about what's in here in my heart? When Jesus says that he purchased us by his blood, that is the only true cleansing that can come to anyone on earth. And we have the good news. We know the message they need to hear. And if the stories that I've told you have encouraged you, it also tells you that it's a sad thing that the reality is, like Jesus said, the, the harvest is there. It is plentiful. The problem is still the same. The workers are few. Those who belong to Christ are not walking in their identity as priests, not to the extent at which we would hope. The problem in South Asia among all the unreached people groups is not that the people are unwilling to listen. It's that they're not hearing this good news. So this summer, as you celebrate Christ, that he came for you. When you give and when you pray, man, you're getting to be a part of the incarnation The good news making its way to those people right there on the screen. I want to pray as I close today and just rejoice with you that God is fulfilling his promises and that he is purposed to use us. Yeah. And that he would make our hearts generous and focused to think, Lord, In these last days, would you help us be good stewards of our prayer, of our resources, even of our lives. Wherever he might send you to proclaim the good news. Here in Belton, across Texas, to the ends of the earth. Let's just ask him and tell him we are willing. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you, Lord in heaven, that... um, you have saved us. You came for us, Lord. You did what was unimaginable. What king would leave his throne and come to serve those he's created? Not only that, but to give his life as a ransom from them. What they deserve, you would took on yourself. A painful and brutal death that we might have peace with you, reconciliation. And we know it's out of your great love for us that you've done this. Lord, thank you that you caused us to be born again, but you also made us a kingdom of priests. Lord, today I pray for the people in this room that their hearts would be stirred to share the good news about Christ coming into the world this Christmas season with those around them. And they would not bow to the fear of their own ineffectiveness or to maybe I don't have enough knowledge. They would say, Jesus, you are Lord and these people need you. I'll take a step out in faith. Give me courage to overcome my fear. Lord, in this room, maybe there are some who would one day be sent, sent out of this city to another place in this country, sent to the ends of the earth, Lord, stir in their hearts that they would say yes to you. And Lord, you have given us an abundance of resources and an ability with time still remaining to pray. Lord, would you turn people's hearts in prayer to the least reached nations? Would you open up their hearts of generosity to give so that the thousands of unreached peoples could get the gospel. Lord, we thank you for the testimonies of what you're doing. You are faithful. You are saving people in the masses. You are doing the miraculous, God. You are. You have never changed. You are still doing it. God, we ask you today, Lord of the harvest, to send out more workers to these fields. Would you, Lord, even use our prayers and our gifts and our going, Lord, to fulfill your purposes, Lord. Send out the many more laborers. In the name of Jesus, amen. I got one final thing that came to my mind, and I hope that I'll be okay. You live near Abbott, Texas, don't you? Does anyone know where Abbott, Texas is? It's not too far away. Do you know someone who's from there? Willie Nelson. On the road again, right? He's in his late 80s. Did you know that? There was an article I read about a year back. It said, I don't know when it was, but it said that uh, as long as my body and the bus will keep carrying me, I'm going to go on. I don't know, maybe he's 87 years old. He's still doing what he loves, what he feels like gives life and what he feels like may help others. You have Christ. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or 87. I hope that you'll say, Lord, here I am. As long as my body allows, my mind, let me be your servant. Thanks for letting me share this morning.
0: If you would like more information,
1: visit our church website at www.fbcbelton.org or call our church office at
0: 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street in Belton, Texas. We hope to see you soon.